for the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Marty Lurie, weekend pregame host for the San Francisco Giants over on KNBR 104.5 and 680 about what the Giants are looking at following the All-Star break. They've got to get some more pitching. Do you spend a little bit to go get another catcher in-house? The defense had been sort of abysmal in the first half of 2022, but the Giants still in position to make a playoff push come September. You want to be 500 on September 1st, that'll set you up for a little bit of a playoff push. What does Marty Lurie think? We'll find out when he joins me next. Today is Friday, July 15th. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast a good friend of mine. Love talking baseball with him. You hear him on weekends on KNBR 104.5 and 680 before every Giants baseball game throughout the season. Talking baseball with Marty Lurie. Marty, good time to have you on, man. I, I love hitting the uh, the benchmarks of the season with you. I know you're big on the first 54 games, or maybe you do the first 40, but we're past the midway park getting ready for the All-Star game, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's a great time of year for baseball. I will tell you that. The story is unfolding, and we're getting down there. And you're right. Uh, we're going to be at 90 games pretty soon, and that means 72 more to go. And each week you knock off another seven, and the, the focus gets a lot tighter now. Each game becomes a lot more important. Each winning streak becomes important and a losing streak too. So we're at a good time of year for baseball. It's interesting you bring up the streaks because I, I think a lot of Giants fans this year with, uh, with the way they've played, and they've been, for the most part, a middling team. You know, they jumped out to, I think at one point, they were 10 games over 500 uh, after the second win in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago, and then they hit that big rut, that big stretch of, of losing ball games, and it's kind of been win two here, lose two there, win another, lose another. They've had a tough time putting together the winning streak. What's sort of your outlook on the Giants in the first half of the season and really for the last month or so and how they've performed? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, it's a baseball season that goes in cycles, so we agree on that. Uh, and they've hit a rut. As you say, uh, the starting pitching uh, was not that good. Uh, they're using too much bullpen. The offense really disappeared quite a bit. They had a lot of injuries. Crawford was out. Belt was out. Longoria's been out. So I think if I had to sum up the first half of the season, we'll call it a half of the season with the All-Star game coming up, I'd say they haven't hit their stride yet. Uh, baseball is different this year. It's not a home run game anymore. Mm -hmm. Home runs are down. So they've got to figure out other ways to score, and they've had some trouble doing that. The bullpen really has been overworked a lot in the first half. Uh, I think Kapler has been very conservative in pushing the starters and getting them ready for what we call the second half. So I'd say it's more of a learning process of just sort of treading water. They were 9 or 10 over 500, then they got to 500, and now the schedule sort of turns uh, into some tough games. So my feeling is it's baseball, starting pitching, bullpen, good defense, and let's take the next 72 games and I'll take my chances. Yeah, and I think that's sort of what Farhan was hitting on the other day. I think it was Tuesday evening before the game against Arizona. He uh, he spoke to the media sort of about where the Giants stand as, as we get closer to the August 2nd trade deadline this year and said, we haven't really talked about that, which I thought was sort of funny, Marty, because uh, we had Farhan on with Tom Tolbert and I on KNBR last week, and we did in fact talk about the trade deadline. So <laughs> said you can't say you haven't discussed it at all but he said we're focused right now on getting better internally so they had not played the defense that they thought they could play and marty had they played better defense in the first half they may have four five six more wins yeah defense has been terrible and uh, that's an area that they've got to do something about because they, they rely on pitching and good defense 
Look, you can't play Crawford every single day sure. at his age. You just can't do it. They really need a, a true backup shortstop. Estrada's got, as I like to say, dynamite in that bat. He can hit the ball out of the park, but his range at shortstop, it's not major league pennant winning range that I would say. Second base has been a problem as well in settling down at second. So you got to turn those double plays. The Giants are 29th in Major League Baseball in defensive runs saved. And that that's not good. So that's something that's got to be dealt with. But it's interesting to listen to Farhan. And what he's saying is what every general manager goes through when you get to July. And that is, are we in the race? Can we get in the race? Are we going to stay in the race? Or where are we? And I think he's being coy about it. He knows his team is going to be in the race. Mm-hmm. There are three wild card spots, and they're going to be right at the edge of that wild card the whole time. So he's really got to say, okay, let's see internally. Do we have VR? Can he play? Do we have Louis Gonzalez? Is he going to be okay? Is Wade back? Over these next three weeks, those are the guys you've got to look at. You've got to look at Duvall. Is he going to be the guy to take us over August and September? And what he's saying is we've got to evaluate what we've got health-wise with Belt, Crawford, Longoria, Ruff. He's another one. And then let us decide by August 2nd what we need because he will absolutely, absolutely go out and get a piece or two in August. And that's the question. What does he need? But over these three weeks, watch the pe- the people that I just talked about. Those are the ones that have to be evaluated. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of evaluating of the uh, the starting pitching, too, because I think the hope is maybe you get Jacob Junis back, and he was brilliant for about a month, uh, the month of May. He was maybe the, the Giants' best starter when uh, – when Carlos Rodon struggled just a little bit, as did Logan Webb, and, and since then, both of those guys have been fantastic. But if you can sprinkle in another starter, a veteran starter like Junis, and he can sort of build on what he did early this season, that could be a, a big boost for the Giants near the end of this month. You mentioned David Villar. What, what have you thought of him? I talked to Susan Slusser about him the other day, and she said the return on him seems like it's all positives. He's putting together good at-bats. He's making hard contact. Uh, he had the, the big crazy triple the other night in uh, at Oracle yeah. Park where the, the ball gets thrown into the, uh, the dugout, and he ends up coming home to score on the Little League inside the park home run. What have you thought of his performance to this point? I like it. Uh, He's been very good at third. He has that sidearm throw, uh, which is very accurate. If he's got to go over the line into the coach's box or go over the bag, he's got to throw overhand. That may be a little different for him. But what I see at third base, he looks smooth with his hands. I see a, a nice young player. The ball jumps off his bat. He's got an idea of the strike zone. So, so far, so good. I think he's someone who could stick. I really do. I I like what I see with him, and he's come through with some big hits. I want to say something about the pitching. Yeah. Because this pitching, they've got to have more confidence in their starting pitching. Uh, They've got to understand that Wood and Cobb and Junis, when they come back, can go through that lineup three times because you just can't go into that bullpen for four and a third, four innings every single night. And that's a big problem for me. And isn't there anyone in the minor leagues that they trust who could go through a lineup a couple of times and they've got to do these openers? The openers kill the bullpen. They just eat up the bullpen for days at a time and they've got to get away from that. And Junis coming back will help. But my point is this. You've got to trust these starters in the second half, 72 games, whatever it may be. You've got to trust them to go that third time through the lineup. To me, that is going to be a key because if you don't trust him to do that, you better go out and get two more relievers 
Well, you better go out and get another starting pitcher. Well, and, and to your point about guys in the minor leagues, you know, the, the only other starting pitcher on the 40-man roster right now is Sean Jelly. You, you look at that 40-man and you look at what's going on in the minor leagues. I know Giants fans are clamoring for Kyle Harrison. I'm not sure they're going to get any of him this year, though Farhan did say they would maybe consider bumping him up to uh, to Sacramento at the AAA level because of how well he's pitched. But I'm with you. The, the way they've used the bullpen, they've gone several bullpen games, and we saw this chew up the Dodgers last year. The Dodgers, 106 wins. They beat the Giants in the division series. They obviously didn't have Max Scherzer available in the uh, in the LCS last year, in the NLCS against the Braves. But going with uh, three days of bullpen starters or two days of bullpen starters throughout each any given week at the end of the season, that sort of chewed up the Dodgers by the time they got to the playoffs last year. Yeah, I don't like it. I just don't like it. I, I think this bullpen has got to be fresh. I think he needs a couple of people. I said this on the show the other morning. I, I think he needs a couple of relievers who've been there before who've been down the stretch before, who have been in a pennant race before. He's asking a lot of this bullpen. And frankly, he's got guys in the bullpen who've never done it before. And he and they're worn out to some degree. So I think that you need something in the bullpen. I really do. The Dodgers recently, heck, the last three games they played, the starters given up five runs or more. So they're in the bullpen a lot more. The issue is of this second half of the season, attrition. And who's going to be able to keep it healthy? And who's going to be able to go out and play these last 70 games? Ken Maka said to me years ago, in August, the young legs take over. you got to have young players in August. And the Giants have some. And in September, the pros take over. And the Giants need a couple more pros for me. Boy, I like that. The young legs take over in August, September. you got to have the guys who have been there and that's know right. how to win and know how to hold on to leads and, yep. and what it takes. Because that's a, that's a clubhouse thing, too, right? I mean, you got to have guys who have been there, and certainly the Giants do have some. But but it might be good to get some extra juice, as you point out, with, uh, uh, with a few veterans in September. Well, that, that's Will Clark. That's mm-hmm. Jeff Kent. Yep. And uh, those are the people. I'll never forget it. And watching this pennant race turn into September, and all of a sudden these players look like different players. And those are the guys that understand it. And that's something the Giants have got to do. Now, they did it last year. Look, 107 wins, and they didn't lose a game. If they lost the game along the way, they wouldn't have won the division. They really did come through last year. But a lot of those guys are not really participating. Now, Gosman is gone. Posey's gone. Belton Crawford have been banged up a lot. Longoria is not in there. So you've really re- you're relying on different people now, and you need those pros to take over. That's Belton Crawford have got to get healthy for September. With the way they've been playing lately, and, and I really do hope that they'll add something around the trade deadline, but uh, what you hope for as a baseball fan is to be playing meaningful games when you get to August and September, and certainly uh, the Giants will be doing that, it looks like, in August, and, and the hope is that deep into September they'll be competing for one of those wild card spots. No, oh, they will. I'm confident they will. They'll be in there, and I'd like to see them get that sixth spot yeah. and end up playing the number three team, uh, which I think will be Milwaukee, and I think uh, this weekend's going to be instructive of how they play the Brewers, and uh, with Hader and everybody else. And uh, I'd like to see him play the Brewers because I think they can beat the Brewers. They can shut down that Brewer offense. And then once they knock the Brewers out, here come the Dodgers. (laughs) And here we go again.
You're going to stress me out already, Marty. It's I not like even, it. Not even mid-July. We're just in mid-July. Come on, I like it. It's, it's it a was plant. a blast. It was so it's fun. It's a plant. One of the, one of the <laughs> most fun series, uh, it's certainly in my lifetime, last year's NLDS. All right. Uh, great. All-Star Game goes down on Tuesday, Marty. I had a great conversation earlier this week with John Shea. I love talking old-school baseball with John Shea. We were talking about the magnitude of the All-Star Game, that it gets to be the only game uh, on on the docket or the only uh, – it's, it's the star of the week, really, next week because nothing else is really going on until football starts. Uh, when you think All-Star Game, what do you think? Do you have any great All-Star Game memories? Maybe one that you attended, Marty. Sure. Well, I, I love the All-Star Games. So and do I. Uh, look, this year they're, they're, they have different uniforms now. They have uh, uniforms with gold lettering of National League, American League. I can't stand it. Uh, the best part of the All-Star Game was, were the introductions where, you, where your guy came out in the uniform of the home team. Yep. Uh, and he would come out, and you'd see it, and you'd look at the 26 players or 32 players, whatever it was, and all the uniforms would be different. So I love the introductions. I think that that's the best part, especially the home player introduction. So we don't have that. They've changed the uniform, which I don't like. It's an exhibition game, and it's a good thing that it doesn't really matter, uh, that it's not uh, dependent upon uh, whether you uh, get the home field or anything like that. That was silly. But it's an exhibition game, and it's for young people. Uh, they're trying to build uh, an audience of young people, the demographics of young people, a lot of new new all-stars, and they have the red carpet and everything else, and, and it's Hollywood. My God, we're all going to Hollywood <laughs> for the all-star game. So baseball is trying their best uh, to market it the way the uh, NBA and the NFL markets their players. So I like it. I do. I like the enthusiasm around it. As far as All-Star games for me, uh, the ones I've gone to, heck, I, I guess the one that stands out is the one on, up in Seattle mm -hmm. where Cal Ripken was the shortstop and he was voted in, I guess, as a third baseman. I think it was A-Rod. That's right. And, yeah, and Ripken comes out and A-Rod pushes him the short. It was great. <laughs> he pushed him the short yeah. and uh, Ripken even hit a home run in the game, which was so dramatic. And then uh, Tommy Lasorda was was coaching third, and I think he <laughs> fell over backwards. Uh, you know, something happened there. So yeah. it was one I remember. The other one I'll say is is in Houston, going down there to watch it. And I think Tejada won the uh, the home run derby. That's right. If I'm not, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. But it's my first time seeing the Crawford boxes. Yep. And I've been to Fenway, and I was shocked the first time I saw the wall that it was it was so close. It looked like it was in the third base coaching box. The Crawford boxes are even closer. It, it was shocking to me how close they were. But right field is, was easy. Jason Giambi said to me, he said, listen, someone's going to hit the uh, win the home run derby by hitting homers to right. And, boy, they came close. Right field is close there, too. That is a small ballpark. I liked it. It was fun being down there. It was exciting. Yeah, those are, those are some of the fun quirks of the ballparks. And uh, you pointed out the uh – presentation or the announcing of the uh, the starting lineup when guys come out and stand on the baselines i'm with you that, that's a that's a moment that always moves me the other it. the other one that comes to mind for me and this might be one of the first times as a kid i got romantic about baseball because you just love the game and you love the players and you want to see cool stuff but the 1999 all-star game watching it on tv when when ted mm. williams came out at fenway park and the way i'm thinking about it right now i'm getting chills marty but the way all the players surrounded him 
on the field, out near the pitcher's mound before his ceremonial first yeah. pitch. And I, I just thought that was one of the coolest moments, that that's what the All-Star game is for, that all these legends, especially when it's in an old ballpark like Fenway Park, and a guy who played in that ballpark comes out to a game years and years later. Uh, you know, it was, it was like watching a statue come out there, and all these guys were mesmerized. I remember Mark McGuire got right. emotional about it. That's to me, is one of the coolest All-Star game memories, at least in my lifetime. Well, it's beautiful. And that they, they've got it together now with Pujols and Cabrera. Right, exactly. You know, honoring them uh, and they should, before you had to sort of sneak the guy out to the roster and they would do that but yeah it, it's wonderful the 99 thing was wonderful the last in Yankee Stadium right was terrific and look and growing up for me the all-star game it was a game remember interviewing uh, Leonard Coleman who was the president of the National League and he said, boy, I would go in there and I would make a speech to these guys <laughs> that you want to go out and beat the American League. And, and then Ichiro would have an expletive uh, deleted <laughs> comment uh, that he would say about the National League all the time, something that ended with you. And, you know, it was great. That's the way the All-Star game was that I remembered growing up. It meant something. And the other part is you, when you mention All-Star game, there's only one player that comes to mind. That's Willie. Willie Mays owned the All-Star game, Adam. If you could see him in the 60s, whether they needed a hit, a triple, a stolen base, it didn't matter. And Willie always said to me, uh, you know, Walter Alston would say, Willie, I'll hit, you know, what should I do with the lineup? And he'd say, well, hit me first, hit Clemente second, and Aaron third, and I don't care what you do after that. (laughs) And, you know, that's the All-Star game. So it's a great, great moment. It's a break in the season. It's something that, that we should enjoy. There's nothing bad about the All-Star game. Nothing at all. No, not anymore. Not with the this one counts. You're right. That was sort of silly and then probably one of the, uh, the nah. mistakes that baseball's made. Well, they made tried to it. market. You right. know, baseball, you know, when they market things, they end up, uh, you know, hitting the wall most of the time. But this one, they're getting it together now, and they're making a real extravaganza out of it. So it's not just a gala for everyone who shows up. It's a gala for the players now and for the audience, and that's good. Yeah, and uh, it, it's an exciting time of year because of the storylines, it gets even more exciting around deadline time, and then comes the back end of baseball season, which is yeah. uh, hard to beat, I think, in, in any league in America as far as football and basketball and hockey goes. There's just nothing like having to play every day yep. to try to get into that, that playoff spot. So I love the story. Yeah. The story going down the stretch is, is what it's all about. And now it matters. You know, Now you lose sure. five in a row, you're in trouble. Uh, but you just want to be at 500. It's September 1st. It used to be August 1st. You had to be at 500 because they had less playoff teams. Now, September 1st, if you could be at 500, then you go 19 and 7 in September, you're in. You're in the mix. You're in. You're in the playoffs. You're, you're in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so you just want to make sure you're there September 1st, and then it's the race to the finish. Then it's, it's the soap opera. Every single day, you can't wait for the next day for the story. And that's when the legends are made. That's when the the teams come out of nowhere. And the pennant races that you'll remember forever, the Dodgers and Giants and uh, 93 and everything else that went on. I'm telling you, the end of a baseball season, there is nothing like it in sports. There's nothing like it. And especially in San Francisco, we get that great weather come September, October, too. It's almost the most beautiful part of the year for uh, for baseball season in San Francisco. Marty, love kicking around this stuff with you. It's always fun to hit you uh, or talk to you right around this time of year or any point when we get to sort of a jumping-off point for the rest of the season. We'll certainly do it again after the trade deadline. 
I love it. Uh, this is a good time, and uh, and we should all enjoy it uh, because we've got 70, 72 games ahead, which are really going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Thanks so much, Marty. We'll talk soon. Anytime. Thanks, Adam. Uh, great stuff from Marty Lurie. Always fun catching up with him, talking uh, the the perspective of what's going on in the season. And Marty, for the most part, is an optimist, and I'm with him. I think uh, the Giants pulling three games over 500 after the Brandon Crawford walk-off win on Wednesday over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Take that series. About time the Giants won another series. It's a uh, it's a good time of the year. I always get hyped for the All Star Game. Like earlier this week, we talked to uh, to John Shea, and you can catch uh, that podcast right here on the Athletic Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcast. But big thanks to Marty. Big thanks to Brian Smith. My producer and thank you to you the listener if you're enjoying the podcast please rate review and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening we'll keep bringing you the most important stories in bay area sports especially as the giants get into the back end of the season and try to make that playoff push next week we'll start to get you ready for the nfl training camp beginning uh, just about two weeks from now a little under two weeks before the 49ers get underway there'll be a lot to talk about with this 49er training camp how trey lance is looking and of course still stuff to follow with the jimmy garoppolo trade saga actually steve young thinks there's a situation that could land jimmy back in san francisco for the 2022 campaign but all remains to be seen until then everybody enjoy the beautiful weekend here in the bay area we'll talk to you monday